Mark chapter 3. And he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. And they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so they might accuse him. Then he said to the man who had withered hand, Step forward. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. So when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. But Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea. And a great multitude from Galilee followed him, and from Judea, and Jerusalem, and Udima, and beyond the Jordan, and those from Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude. When they heard of many things he was going, he was doing, came to him. And he told his disciples that a small boat should be kept ready for him because of the multitude lest they should crush him. For he healed many, so that as many as had afflictions pressed about him to touch him. And the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, fell down before him and cried out, saying, You are the Son of God. But he sternly warned them that they should not make him known. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted and they came to him then he appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out demons simon to whom he gave the name peter james the son of zebedee and john the brother of james to whom he gave the names Boanerges, that is, sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartolomeo, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him, and they went into a house. And the multitude came together again, so they could not so much as eat bread. But when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him, for they said, He is out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Bezebub, and by the ruler of the demons he cast out demons. So he called to him and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. No one enters a strong man's house and plunders his goods unless he first binds a strong man, and then he will plunder the house. Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they may utter. 
But he who blasphemies against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation, because they said, He has an unclean spirit. Then his brothers and his mother came, and standing outside, they sent to him, calling him. And a multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them, saying, Who are my mother and my brothers? And he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him, and said, Here are my mother and my brother, for whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. Amen. A couple of things right here is uh, when we pray for someone, we enter the strong man's house and plunder their goods, and we bind the strong man. The strong man is the spirit that has a hold of somebody. Say, for instance, someone is has a spirit, that uh, intellectual spirit that's against the Holy Spirit, against the things of God, questions everybody. Let's go ahead and pray for those kind of people. And we say, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we bind that strong man that's on top of that person. Lord, we command this, get out of that man's house. Get out of that person's house. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. You are unlawful to be in that person's house. That person is made by God, for God, purchased by God. And we hereby sanctify that person, seal him with the Holy Spirit, and seal them with the blood of Jesus Christ that they may be set free from the strong man in Jesus' name. We plunder the person and, and allow God's love to live in that person's life. Amen. Amen. And the other thing, too, is the love of God is in the family of Jesus Christ, the family of Christians. And it's a natural setting. We love and get along with others when we worship and praise the Lord. And we have to pray for our family members in the same manner. We got to go in and bind the strong man in their house and set them free so that they may glorify God and have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That Christ may enter the person's home their house, their spirit, their souls, and live in there in Jesus' name. Without us telling them anything, they don't even know we're praying for them. Without us witnessing, there are other people and circumstances and natural circumstances that will witness to the people we're praying for. Amen. We watch and pray. Chapter 4 of Mark. And again he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables, and he said to them in his teachings, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, 
and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground, and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some hundredfold. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The purpose of the parables. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. So that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Amen. That that always was stub me in the beginning years ago. I was thinking, well, don't don't we want them to hear? Don't we want them to listen? Don't we want them to? be forgiven, and they should open up their hearts. But it goes on to say in Isaiah uh, that those people were stubborn in their hearts. Even if they would see, they would not perceive. Even if they would hear, they would not understand. And when, they, when it says, lest they should turn, and their sins be forgiven. That was the goal of the parable. And those of us who have ears to hear, we're very fortunate that we heard and we responded properly. Amen. And he said to them, Do you, do, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? In other words, the Word of God goes into a man's heart and bursts revelation knowledge in there. The sower sows the Word, and there, and these are the ones by the wayside where the Word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the Word that was sown in their hearts. Huh. These likewise are the ones sown on stony grounds who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. It's very important here that uh, we bind the strong man in, a, in our own lives or in a person's life. In the name of Jesus Christ, we bind you, Satan. We command you to get your hands off that person. 
Let them go, set them free, that Jesus may reign with his word in their lives. Let's pray for those people that we know are not in the fall of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can say, the Lord is their shepherd. They shall not want. The Lord makes them lie down in green pastures and leads them besides the still waters. The Lord restores their souls. The Lord makes them lie down in green pastures besides still waters. The Lord restores their soul. The Lord makes them walk in paths of righteousness for their namesake. Yes, though they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, they will fear no evil. For the Lord is right beside them. His word and his staff, they comfort them. The Lord prepares a word, a table before them in the presence of their enemies. The Lord anoints their head with oil. Their cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow them all the days of their life, and they will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. That's a wonderful way to pray for the people that we love and are not in the things of God just yet. Over and over again, we say those prayers in faith and believing and act as it's done. Our actions just believe that it's done. Our disbelief may be holding back them believing. We must act like they're in it and just love on them like they're in it and praise God in your hearts while you're around them like they're in, the, in it. Amen. But these are the ones sown on good ground that those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100. Even if we pray for them for a month, two, three minutes a day, every time with a three-by-five card, we pray for those people, they're going to come an opportunity. We're going to push Satan back, bind them, bind Satan, and all the elements of the world, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires of other things, of the work, they will all be pushed back and everything will stand still. And then good words will be sown in good ground in their hearts. They will accept it, bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some hundredfold. And we have done our job. The word has entered their DNA. Verse 21. And he said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Again, he said to them, when you put a lamp, don't put it under a basket or, or under, the, under the table. A lamp should be put up high on a lampstand. For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, 
nor has anything been kept secret that it should come to light. You know, that's a good way when something's in your heart that's wrong in your heart, write it down, confess it to God, and put it in a letter and make a lot of letters of all the wrongs you have done and go share it with a stranger and then go burn it and say, I'm sorry I did this thing. I admit it, I did it, and share it with a stranger, someone you don't know, and then get rid of the stuff. And if it keeps on bothering you every time you read the Word of God, keep on writing it, keep on writing it. Even if you do it 14 times, you're going to pluck that that ugliness out of your soul, out of the tree, the tree, the tree that's bearing bad fruit. You'll pluck it out by the written word, your own written word in a confession towards God and sharing it with another human being, another soul, admitting your faults to them. You can do it to the clergy, you can do it with a doctor, you can do it with anybody. Just do it. This is the way the 12-step program works, and it works very well. Somehow we're made in God's image, and whatever wrong is registered and recorded in our souls. So since we've been made in a little lower than the angels, we have, we have to administrate healing on our own by admitting going inside our souls and writing these things down and getting them out. The wrongs we did as children, the wrongs we did as young adults, and set the things right. Amen. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. And he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has to him, more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. The parable of the growing seed. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and raise by day, rise, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said, To what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or what, what parable shall we picture it? He said, It's like a mustard seed, which was... It is sown on the ground, is smaller than all the seeds on earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. That's a beautiful illustration of when Jesus comes into a person's heart and takes root. That's what we pray for. That that it, it can happen, people can change, they can carry their Bible all, the way, all over, and they can continue to praise and worship the Lord, the ones that are not in the kingdom. 
That's what we're praying for. We're praying for them that um, the word of God will go in like a mustard seed through television, through a billboard, through somebody else, through the radio, through a neighbor. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. And with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, he took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him, and he said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said to one another, Who can this be, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Note. Understand that we can do the same when we're praying for an individual. We can say to that person, Peace be still, receive you the Holy Ghost. Remember the Holy Ghost is like a microwave. It has gone all over the world and is sending impulses and messages to non-believers on who Jesus is. They know in their DNA who the Lord Jesus is. Because of circumstances in the world, circumstances of their goals, conflicts in their souls, though we have like a storm, like a windstorm, we have to say to them, <coughs> as we pray, be still and receive the Lord, receive the Holy Spirit. Peace be still. We rebuke the turmoil. In Jesus' name, I rebuke you, turmoil. In Jesus' name, I rebuke you, Satan. Get your hands off my brother. Get your hands off my sister. Peace be still. The Lord is their shepherd. They shall not want. The Lord makes them lie down in green pastures. He leads them besides the still waters. The Lord restores their soul. The Lord makes them walk in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yes, though they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, they will fear no evil, for the Lord's love and it comforts them. The Lord pours his love upon them. They will fear no evil. The Lord prepares a table before them in, their, in the presence of their enemies. 
The Lord anoints their head with oil. Their cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy and loving kindness shall follow them all the days of their life, and they will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Pray in this manner for the stubborn relatives, the stubborn loved ones that we know, and we will be happy and satisfied that we have done our duty. We will not be sad or beat ourselves up, but we would have done our duty. We have prayed successfully with faith and binding Satan, binding the problem, and allowing the opportunities of the elements to take place in the people's lives that we are imagining. And we're believing. The more we pray it, the more we believe. And another thing, don't say, just sit and watch. Be still and watch as the Lord works through other elements. You've done your job, gone into the heavenlies and changed it up in the heavens. We have done our due diligence and allow God to enter either through circumstances, through problems, through situations, whatever it is, when we have peace in our hearts, the people will receive the kingdom of God in their hearts. And that is our goal. I have seen it. I have experienced it. Psalms 23 works when we say it in faith for our loved ones. Amen. Go. Go. With the blessings of the Lord, go and get your loved ones saved. Amen. Reading of the Gospel of Mark, New King James Version. John the Baptist prepares the way. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the Prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to meet him, and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. I need, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are, you are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness for forty days, tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. 
Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one, having authority and not as the scribes. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. Now, as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever, and they told him about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her. And she served them. Now at evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at that door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. But he said to them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. And then a leopard came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. 
As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed, and he strictly warned him and sent him away at once. And he said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places, and they came to him from every quarter. And again, chapter 2, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken through they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their fate, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. But some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemy like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed, and go your way to your house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out of the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Then he went out again by the sea, and all the multitude came to him, and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax officers, and said to him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, How is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And the disciples of John and of the Pharisees were fasting. And they came and said to him, Why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? So Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days.
No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine bursts the wineskins, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. Now it happened that he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of the grains. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? But he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry, he and those with him? How he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar the high priest and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, except for the priests, and also gave some of them to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Amen. As I was reading, that was chapter 1 and 2, a thought came to me on chapter 2, verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Now, if I need a, if I need a miracle in my life, and I carry my Bible around me everywhere I go, and I open it and read it every chance I get at the stoplight, at the corner, if I'm walking, if I carry it with me on my walks and read it, then Jesus will see my faith. And God will see my faith. Isn't that, isn't that my actions signify my faith? My direction where I want to go? My implied actions are saying, I need a miracle, Lord. And the miracle is in your word. And you're reading your word opens my imagination to receive your miracle. Amen. Just a thought. What if it works? Wouldn't, wouldn't we all be happier and more content as it works and walk around? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I have stand in corners and read the Word of God. I haven't done it in a long time. I like to sit in the front yard and get this big old Bible that I bought you know, and it's beautiful reading and sit there and just read and record for you. Amen. More or more to come. Chapter 3.